0: Well this morning is all about faith and you may well have guessed that by what you have just proclaimed. So you've just sung, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for I believe in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, Yes. you've also proclaimed these words, I will bless the Lord forever, I will trust in him at all times. We've sung, I will build my life upon your word, it is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. Okay, put your hand up. If you sung those words and you didn't really mean them. Uh, Come on, be honest. Okay, that means we've got 100% um, agreement. Okay, 100% all of us proclaimed those words and believed those words. We have faith in Jesus. And we're going to continue today with our Sanctify series and the subject is Faith. Last week we looked at God's Word, the Word of God and Phil spoke and and read these words to us, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love the message version of that scripture. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. This morning, are you up for God showing you truth? Exposing your rebellion, correcting your mistakes, and training you to live God's way. Well, okay, there's a few people thinking, well, I'm not quite sure why that was why I came here this morning. But we are going to be looking at God's word, and we believe that that's what God does as we read his word and as we preach his word. And so we're going to look at some verses from the book of Proverbs to start with. And they are words that, do you know, I'd encourage you to memorise these words if you, if you don't know them already. Memorising scripture is such a powerful thing. It's such a resource. You can just speak out these words at any time. And some of you will know these already. Some, for some of you, they will, you will never have seen these before, but let's read them out together, together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Brilliant. I'd like to tell you a little bit of our family history. Well, it's actually my family history. My grandmother, (coughs) Grandma Newt, had six children, uh, the second of whom was my dad. Her husband died when the family was quite young, all the children were were very young when uh, her husband died, uh, leaving Grandma a widow with six children. She had six children to bring up on her own. Now understand that this was between the wars, Uh, there there was no benefit system, they lived in quite an impoverished part of South Wales, and yet Grandma had a strong faith in God, and she trusted him to provide for the family and to help her to raise her six children. And these were her favourite Bible verses. She always quoted them, she lived her entire life By them and she proved the truth of them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. She always quoted them, she lived her entire life by them. She was a woman of faith, faith in God, a faith which she loved to share with her children and her grandchildren. And there have been times in our lives where we have returned to those scriptures as a family. We have spoken out those words, knowing that God is the one in whom we trust. He is the one who will provide for us. He is the one who will help us through the most difficult of times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's a bit of scripture truth that we can hold on to and if you remember nothing else about this morning hopefully you will have remembered those couple of verses from the book of proverbs here's the same verses but this time in the message trust god from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own listen for god's voice in everything you do everywhere you go he's the one who will keep you on track. That's a great version of those verses. Do you see, it's all about trust. Here's my question. What do you trust in? And where do you, where do I put my trust? Is it in your bank account? Is it in the government? Well, I can hear a few sniggers there. From, well, for her. Um, Is it in your relationships, in your health, your holidays, your pension, your job security? Is it in the benefit system? Is it in the NHS? Or is it just in good luck? You know, fingers crossed, touch wood. Where do you put your trust? And do you trust in God? Now, if we believe that God speaks to us through his word, through the Bible, we we need to ask him, what are you saying to me today from this scripture? So we're going to put up the uh, NIV version again. And just for a couple of minutes, I want you to turn to the person next to you or near you and answer these questions. What strikes you as you read Proverbs 3, 5 and 6? And Do you trust in God? So this is the the next PowerPoint, okay, and there are a couple of questions after it, and here it comes. There they go, yes. What strikes you as you read these verses, and do you trust in God? In other words, what's God saying to you today from these scriptures? Okay, you've only got two minutes, so make the most of it. See if you can answer those questions and get the person next to you to answer these questions. You won't have to share this with anybody else, only that person next to you. Go. Okay, hold on to those answers. Just remember where you stand at the moment. Do you trust in God? Well, yes, sometimes, not at all, all the time, whatever your answer. Just hold on to that and we're going to come back to that question later on. Let's pray. Father God, we want you to speak to us today as we open your word. And we pray that each one of us will put our faith in you. That we will trust in the Lord with all our heart. Amen. Okay, so what is faith? How do you define faith? Anyone like to have a go? Okay, quick definition of faith. Shout it out. Faith is believing in what you can't see. Faith is believing in what you can't see. Excellent. Okay. Trust Trusting. Trusting. Wow, wonderful quotes from scripture over here. Thank you so much, David. Okay, shout it out David. faith is things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Thank you. Faith is things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, we're going to come on to that scripture later on. Okay, any other offers? Acting on what you believe. Okay, yes. Any definition will inevitably include the word trust. Um, Here's the Chambers Dictionary definition. Faith, noun, trust or confidence. Belief in the statement of another. Belief in the truth of revealed religion. Confidence and trust in God. Any system of religious belief. Faith. Confidence and trust in God. That's the dictionary definition, not mine or the Bible's. Well, it is the Bible's. Um, Confidence and trust in God. Actually, that reminds us of our verse for the year. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Some of you will have memorised that one as well. Confident trust in the Lord. And here's the amplified version of Proverbs 3, verse 5. Uh, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. And my version says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord. Do you see the emphasis all the time is on putting our confidence Leaning our full weight and having complete trust in God. So what is faith? I believe faith is both a body of truth to be believed. We proclaimed them, we sung them this morning, those tenets of the Christian faith. And it's the act of believing, putting our complete trust in Jesus. It is both saying or singing the creed and it's actively trusting in Jesus. It's saying yes to Jesus day by day. The Alpha Course uses this illustration to show the difference between believing a fact and having faith. And we're going to put that up now. It's a little video. It's the story of Blondin. Blondin' (laughs) (laughs) Go. Better known as Blondin, was a famous Tyro walker and acrobat. He's perhaps best known for his many crossings in the Tyro, 1,100 feet in length, suspended 160 feet above Niagara Falls in the USA. His act will be watched by large crowds and begin with a relatively simple crossing using a balance then he would throw away the pole and amaze the omelette. On one occasion he crossed the Tiger on stilts. On another occasion blindfolded. Another time he stopped halfway to cook and eat and omelette. In 1860, the royal party from England came to watch London before. After his normal spectacular crossings, he then wheeled a wheelbarrow from one side to the other as the crowd cheered. Next he put a sack of potatoes into the wheelbarrow and will that across. How should it be? Then he approached the royal hunter and asked the Duke of Newcastle, Do you believe that I can take a man across the tiger in this wheelbarrow? Yes I do, said the Duke. <laughs> ah, hop in, <laughs> <laughs> But the Duke of Newcastle not accept Blondin's challenge. Is there anyone else here who believes I could do it? asked Blondin. No one was willing to volunteer. Eventually, an old woman stepped out of the crowd and climbed into the wheelbarrow. Blondin wheeled her all the way across and all the way back. The old woman was Blondin's mother, the only person willing to put her life Uh, we're going to have a little experiment now. Um, we're going to suspend the... Oh, I'm not serious. Actually, you don't believe that at all, do you? You think that's all fabric? It's, it's true, I promise you, it's a true story. Um, and it's one way of trying to describe the difference between believing a fact... And actually putting your full trust in, in this case, in God. We can believe that there's a God. We can believe in an historical Jesus. We can even be convinced that Jesus lived and died and was resurrected. But putting our full trust in Jesus, asking him to forgive us, to rescue us, to restore us, and to give us eternal life, requires... A step of faith and my question is this have you taken that step of faith which takes us back to our sanctify series (coughs) our sanctify theme which is all about being set apart or dedicated dedicated to God and his service becoming more like Jesus Here are a few quotes from the very first talk in that series which aid uh, brought us. We heard this. This is a decision and a lifestyle. First of all, a decision to say yes to Jesus and to go on saying yes. And secondly, a lifestyle, walking in trust and obedience day by day. You see, it's a decision and it's a lifestyle. And this is the challenge which we all face. First of all, have you said yes to Jesus? Are you continuing to say yes to him, to walk in his ways? And secondly, are you coming to him on a daily basis and offering your everyday life to God, trusting and obeying? It's a decision and a lifestyle. As a mission community, we're currently looking at stories of people who had meetings with Jesus. Both contemporary stories and also stories from the New Testament. And so we've looked at the Bible stories of the woman at the well, Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, and last week, Paul. These were people who knew about Jesus... Maybe they even recognised that he had an extraordinary teaching gift, that he had healing powers, that he had authority like no other. But it was only when they engaged with him and responded to his love, when they acknowledged their sin and failure and asked his forgiveness, only then were their lives forever changed. Their journey of faith had begun. There are many, many faith stories in the Bible. In fact, the whole of Scripture speaks of faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ. If I was to ask, what is your favourite faith verse? Some people would quote from Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, we've already had uh, a few people quoting from that this morning. So we're going to turn to that in our Bibles. It's good to open our Bibles, to open God's Word, we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't know where that is, in most church Bibles it's on page 1209. 1,209. Hebrews chapter 11 is a collection of mini-biographies, of faith stories. And first 1 says this. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And you may say, well, isn't that blind faith? I don't believe it is, because this is faith based on historical fact, on fact, on what we know to be true, and on the testimony of countless believers who have Prove the truth of Jesus' promises and experience the love of God for themselves. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Look at that verse again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you want to please God? Mm. Yes. You can answer that question if you like. Yes. yes. Okay. Do you believe that he exists? Yeah, all of us believe that he exists. We've all said yes to that this morning. Okay. Have you begun to seek him? Yes. 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 Many of us have. In fact, I would say that virtually everyone who's here this morning has at least begun to seek Him. So, if the answer to those questions is yes, then you've begun your journey of faith. And as you seek God, He will reward you. That's the promise from that scripture. God promises those who seek Me. Will find me. I will be found by those who search for me. Jesus says, Seek and you will find. There's no if or but about it. You will find. If you're seeking, keep seeking. And you have the promise of Jesus that you will find faith in him. I want to return to the story of Peter. Now, if you were here three weeks ago on our third Sunday, we told the story of Peter and John and the supernatural healing of the man at the beautiful gate. There he is, okay? We took that picture from the Lion Storyteller Bible and I made the little joke that he's not swinging on gymnastic equipment. He is putting his crutches, his his sticks in the air. He is leaping and praising God. He has been healed. Okay, amazing story of supernatural healing. If you were here, you will know everything there is to know about this story. We told it, we retold it, we acted it, we sung about it, we did everything possible to get this story into our minds. Okay, you all know about it, don't you? Yes, Yes. Yes. great, okay. Perhaps you remember a little bit about my talk, but if you didn't, I'm just going to go over a few points, because... um, they're important. This severely disabled man, and we know that he was at least 40 years old, he'd never walked, he just sat begging at the temple gate in Jerusalem. Asks Peter and John for money. And Peter's response is this silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And at this word of command, the man's Feet and ankles become strong. He jumps to his feet. His physical healing was just the beginning. He starts walking and leaping and praising God. And Peter explains to the astonished crowds that they are absolutely dumbfounded. Because they know this man. He's he's been sitting there for 40 years. Or more or less 40 years. Begging. They know that he's, he's a genuinely disabled person. That he has never walked. And Peter explains to them, God has done this. It's faith. It's faith in the powerful name of Jesus which has healed this man. It's all about faith. And the outcome is equally amazing. Peter seizes the opportunity. He preaches a message of repentance and faith. And he calls on people to turn from their sin and to turn back to God. He preaches forgiveness and new life in Jesus and some 5,000 people respond faith for healing and salvation the story comes very soon after the Pentecost story when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the disciples as Jesus had promised and here we see the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of Peter and John Jesus had told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Peter's life, his faith, has been transformed. You remember what had happened. Just two months before, as Jesus was arrested and taken into the high priest's house, Peter Had joined a group of people sitting around a fire in the courtyard outside, and three different people recognized him as one of Jesus' disciples. Three times Peter denied it. He said, I don't know him. I am not one of his followers. This was the man, Peter, who had declared, You, Jesus, are the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. He was the one who had been confident enough to say, even if all these others desert you, I will never desert you. Peter was the leader amongst the disciples. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. And now he had disowned, he had deserted Jesus, he'd been unfaithful, he was a broken man. How then was Peter transformed into the confident, uncompromising, faith-filled man who we meet at the beautiful gate? And I had three points and I want to just go over them again. Number one, he had a meeting with the risen Christ. The resurrected Jesus met with Peter, restored Peter and commissioned Peter to feed my sheep. And Peter said yes. He put his full trust in Jesus. He was a forgiven man. He was a man of faith. We each need to have our own personal meeting with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. From Pentecost onwards, Peter is set apart to preach a gospel of repentance and faith in the name of Jesus. The healing of the disabled man is by faith in the name of Jesus. Peter's address to the crowds is Holy Spirit inspired. It's the Holy Spirit who gives Peter courage and confidence as he's interrogated by the Sanhedrin. By telling the high priests and the the Jewish leaders, salvation is found in no other name. It's as if Peter is challenging them to put their faith in Jesus. We each need to have the filling of God's Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-off thing. It's something that we must ask for on a daily basis. We need our filling with the Holy Spirit. We need to have a meeting with Jesus. And thirdly, Peter points people to Jesus. He doesn't take the credit for himself. It's not us, he says. God has done this. Faith in Jesus name. It's faith in the name of Jesus which brings healing and salvation. It's all about Jesus. He's changed my life and he will transform your life too. That was Peter's message, put your trust in Jesus. I have a couple of challenges for us this morning. Challenge number one, will you put your faith in Jesus? And challenge number two: Are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your faith? It's a good question because sometimes we we say yes to Jesus, we put our faith in Jesus, we say, "Yeah, I've got a Christian faith," but that's where it ends. It's almost as if we, we've got our ticket to heaven uh, and we can just sort of sit back and just let life pass us by now for the rest of our days. But no, this is an active faith. It's a daily faith. It's a nitty gritty faith that will affect every part of your life and my my life. Put your faith in Jesus and grow in your faith. Grow in your love for Jesus. Grow in your passion for Him. We had a chat with a friend the other day who um, told us that she was doing online dating, Christian dating. She'd met up with this guy and um, she, said, she said to him um, on the first date, he was a Christian too, she was a Christian, so she said to him on, on the very, very first date, so are you on fire for God? <laughs> She says he looked so terrified that <laughs> she thought, oh, blow this. That's the last I see of him. Okay, That was how important her faith was to her. It's a true story. Um, we'll tell you who it was later. Um, actually, it's, it's no, one in, no one in this church, so I'm not, I'm not breaking any confidences. But that is, is how important... Her Christian faith was to her. Are you growing in your faith? How important is your Christian faith, your faith in Jesus to you? Peter proved the the truth of God's promises. He was a man of faith. He was a transformed man and he later wrote a couple of letters to christians to celebrate what he called a brand new life with everything to live for okay that's that's a, a, a contemporary uh, translation of a verse in uh, the first letter of peter a brand new life with everything to live for is that what you have a brand new life with everything to live for he wrote this letter to encourage them to, to grow in their faith. And we're just putting up the start of the second letter. We haven't got time to read this now, but you know where it is now so that you can look it up later on. This is the second letter of Peter and the opening verses. Uh, there's some great verses here. Let's just pick out a few of them. Verse 1, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours. How precious is your faith to you? Verse 3, this is a a good sanctify verse. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Verse 5, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and so on. Do you see, it's all about an active and a growing faith. We have to do our part Faith is an active thing. It's something to be, to be developed. It's sometimes been described as a muscle that needs developing. Verse 8. Possess these qualities in increasing measure. There's nothing static about this. It's about growing. It's about developing. And then verse 11. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We're gonna put up um, a couple of videos now. Um, They're ones which a couple of us um, saw recently when we went to a CAP conference. Um, And this was part of a talk entitled Oaks, Not Mushrooms. Okay, it was actually delivered to, um, to talk about the strength of Christians Against Poverty as as an organisation. But you're probably thinking, what possible relevance has this got to us this morning? Okay, where do I read about mushrooms in the Bible? Well, I know they're part of God's creation, but I can't think of any mushrooms verses. I can think of an oaks verse, though, an oaks verse. Okay, oaks of righteousness. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Okay, that comes from Isaiah 61, um, and the prophet there is referring to the people to whom the good news is preached. Okay, the poor, the broken hearted, those who long for freedom, those in darkness, in fact to all of us, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness. Um, so let's just look at the first of these films, okay, this is the mushrooms one, um, just, just watch this, yeah, it started, okay, this is um, six days growth in 20 seconds, so don't look away because it might have happened by the time you wake up again, okay, so uh, this is six days growth, it's only going to be lasting 20 seconds, okay, we're halfway there, All more than that, okay, there it goes, fantastic. Okay, it's over. Okay, do you see how quickly they grow? Um, They come to maturity, but actually think about it. There's nothing particularly strong about a mushroom. I mean, I I love mushrooms. I've got nothing against mushrooms. Um, But, okay, this is, um, it doesn't happen. It just happens sort of almost overnight. Before you've um, looked away, before you've looked back, there they are okay okay let's look at the oaks one the acorns to oaks video this is eight months growth okay so another time-lapse film we're not going to be sitting here for eight months um, okay this one this one lasts a few more minutes um, it started already I think okay oh, you're looking at an acorn by the way just in case you were wondering We saw this the other day. Someone said it's almost like someone pulling their hand up at a meeting <laughs> <and> <laughs> said, Yes, I put my trust in Jesus. Yeah, I'll I'll say yes. Jesus took the words of the prophet Isaiah and he made them his own. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor, to preach good news to those who are brokenhearted, to preach the good news to those who long for freedom. To those who are in darkness. And all of us can say yes that's me. That's where I've been. That's where I still, I still sometimes return. And he says the prophet Isaiah says they we will become oaks of righteousness. We want to become strong in our faith. We want to become those who, whose faith can never be shaken, who put our trust in the God who will never fail us. And we want to go on growing and growing through a lifetime. You know how strong an oak tree is, how long it takes to come to maturity. That is well, it can well describe us. We want to become those oaks of righteousness. And so I have questions this morning to two groups of people. Uh, Here are my invitations, if you like. First of all, will you put your faith in Jesus? Will you take that step of faith today? And secondly, are you growing in your faith? Are you becoming strong in your faith? Are you becoming an oak of righteousness? Let's pray. And we're going to stand to pray uh, so that we can uh, focus our, our thoughts, our prayers, concentrate on, on what we're saying today and respond to the challenge that uh, I believe that God is, is, is making of us. First of all, a prayer for those who want to take that step of faith and you might want to, to simply echo these words uh, and for those of you who are unsure of, of your faith unsure of where you stand in terms of your relationship with Jesus pray out these words make them your words today Father God, today I take that step of faith I say yes to Jesus I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died in my place so that I could be forgiven and have a relationship with you. I believe he conquered death and rose again three days after he died on the cross. I believe. Jesus, I'm really sorry for all the wrong things in my life. I repent. I turn to you. I turn to face you. Please forgive me. I ask you to come into my life and I give you control. I declare that you are Lord. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to begin to love you with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. And to love those around me. Amen. if you've just prayed that prayer it's the start of a life-changing relationship with jesus a life of faith in jesus if you've just prayed that prayer why don't you give me a wave or smile at me or or come and see me later whatever yeah brilliant thank you it's a step of faith which is is so important that we acknowledge that we tell others about. So when we share communion later, come forward for communion uh, as a way of affirming that decision uh, to put your trust in Jesus. And secondly, a prayer for all of us who want to grow in our faith. Father God, I want to be like that tree planted by streams of water, which does not fear when heat comes, which has no worries In a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I make Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 my prayer of faith and my commitment today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Today, I make this declaration. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will listen for God's voice in everything I do, everywhere I go. I will not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. That is my promise today. Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to all your promises. And if you've prayed that prayer, why don't you say a hearty Amen. 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 amen.